Uh, okay, we are getting started. Okay. Uh, I think we're hey. uh, where's there we go. Like there I we said, are. Oh, the best for us, you know. Hey, welcome to Over 50 Starting Over. I'm Barry Edwards. And I'm Merle Garrison. Yeah, this is a show about uh, the better things in life and uh, challenges that we have at over the age of 50 at Nover. And it's also we get into some metaphysics, politics, current events, and so on. Hey, Merle, so last week we w- I was in Florida uh, on vacation. We had a really yeah. good podcast. I mean, it just really flowed. That was really uh, fun, Barry. I loved seeing like uh, you there, your sunglasses on, all in vacation mode, and then the background was so beautiful, and seeing and people riding truck. leisurely, li- riding their bicycles and tricycles. Yes. Uh, in fact, I don't know if I've ever seen adults riding tricycles before. That's what they do in that whole complex there. It's really funny, but it was also funny that fortunately. It worked out well with our audio, but I, with luck having a, a FedEx truck pulled up and parked right behind me running for quite a while, for a few minutes, but the audio seemed to work out fine. Yeah, right? yeah, I was really amazed by that. The, yeah. uh, the headphones you were using really worked out really well. So, hey, we can do this now. It is nice. I was just using my laptop with earbuds, standard yeah. earbuds. So, worked yeah, that worked really well. Great. Well, welcome yeah. home. How was your trip? Oh, uh, it was uh, out of our 10 or 11 times there, in, in most ways, it, it was probably my most special. I, yeah, I never saw Lisa, Lisa, who is always in work mode. I never saw her uh, embrace the downtime the way she did there. We had a great time. Um, and we found a couple new spots. We have all of our favorite spots that we can't wait to go back to. We haven't been to for a year. And then we always... Uh, find a new favorite or two, and we certainly did. And I just, what the hell, do a shout out to Golfgate Food and Beer. And it's a new restaurant in the Golfgate area of Sarasota that is fantastic. And we're foodies. Lisa's a big foodie, and mm, she wow, was hugely that. impressed. Very nice place. It's really needed in the Golfgate area. And uh, I'm just going to do a quick share. Of a couple of our photos, Lisa's pretty camera shy, but uh, I have permission oh, to share a couple <clears throat> of these. This is us at a car and us at our fa- one of our favorite stops, O'Leary's Tiki Bar. Ooh, that looks it's really just, cool. It's so fun. We have the best time there. It's oh. just a really chill place. And it's as you see the dog in the background. So it's very dog friendly, and that's something I love uh, for sure. And uh, hopefully we are back now to normal. Yeah, yeah. we okay. are. And Lisa looked beautiful in those pictures. I'm sure she'll love to hear that. Thanks. And I got to tell you, though, Merle, here's something that uh, occurred to me that I, you and I did talk about briefly. But I have been a little under the weather the last couple of weeks and uh, getting a little concerned about it. Um, I've been a little dizzy. Um lightheaded and i've had this bloating feeling above all else uh, a little bit of stomach upset which is concerning for me because i have like this iron stomach like nothing ever affects me you know and so i was uh kind of keeping this under wraps for the better part of the two weeks but it got to a point where um lisa's asking me about it and i had to mention it and i had a doctor my a physical a regular doctor's appointment coming up as soon as we got home anyway. And, uh, that was very convenient. So 
I have the appointment yesterday. I get the full blood work done and I tell them about everything. And I'll be honest with you. I'm thinking that this could be very serious. And I was worried about getting the blood numbers back and having some blood cells through the roof, however that works, you know? Right, right. So even as I was telling him everything, he was pretty uh, confident that my stomach issue is something like dyspepsia, dyspepsia, I think it is. I think that's what you said yesterday. (laughs) Okay. And uh, a week or so on Prilosec should reset my my incredibly iron stomach back to normal, he, mm. he seems to think. But my blood pressure's through the roof. And mm-hmm. that's the lightheadedness and the the other things. And uh, since high blood pressure and heart disease runs in my family, um, especially on my father's side, is very concerning. And at 54 years old, that's when my father passed away, though he oh. had yeah, he had a heart attack probably when he was 49 and had stents put in his heart, uh, which he never looked better. After that, you got those stints and all of a sudden, wow, right. dad's color and stuff right. like that. <laughs> um, so he was doing well, but then uh, this rare, in adults, this rare leukemia got him and uh, he was gone in five days and oh. at 54. So anyways... I am immediately put on blood pressure medication and I've never been on a medication for, you know, he says maybe in six months we can get you off of it, you know, exercise, Mm -hmm. all of that, which of course I will certainly be my goal, but I've never been put on a medication like long-term before. And, uh, you know, we discussed my uh, stress and uh, anxiety stuff and he's like, well, he goes, you certainly, from everything you say, you have the seasonal affective disorder for sure. Maybe we should do a little bit of this. Um, oh, the, the name of the drug is rather, most people would know it. But he goes, let's try this in a super low dose through. Zoloft. I think that's it. Through the, through the winter periods. So now I got three freaking drugs I got on my kitchen counter and. And I hate this. I mean, I absolutely am struggling with this. And I wanted to say this on the show during our 050 segment, because I don't know where other, what other people feel about this, where they're at. Have you been on uh, prescription drugs for a long time? But me, what this is, is like, shit, I'm afraid there's no turning back now. And now one drug gives you um, side effects and you need another drug to fight. And then next thing you know, I got six, seven different drugs I'm popping on a daily basis. This is what's going through my head. Uh, what do you think about that? I, I'm, I'm really bothered by this. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's not a comfortable thing at all, Barry. You know, that's, this is something that it, we're talking over 50 starting over, right? And the important thing that you did and that I'm really proud of you about is that you you took Lisa's advice and you went to the doctor and you, you, as you had told me, it's not something that you do. Uh, you, you don't regularly go to the doctor and right. we, you, we, Hey, you know, you're very young and youthful and 50 is not really what it was when we were, when our parents were this sure. age. And I mean, look at you, you look like the picture of health. You always have too. And, and uh, it's funny that you talk about your iron stomach because I remember being in college with you. You certainly, 
Uh, I mean, gosh, you could have probably ingested a tin can back then. <laughs> but, you know, we're at that age now where, you know, you mentioned your dad passed away at 54. My dad passed away at 55. So we have these things that run that, let's not say they run in our family, but they're, they're things that have happened in our family background. And it's wisdom, Barry, to keep an eye on these things. And, you know, after we've talked about this kind of thing a lot, when we get to, we've gotten to be a certain age where we've had all these experiences in life. And now as a result, we can, we can go back on these things that we've learned and, and be prudent about those things. Mm -hmm. And prudence is going and checking these things out. So Barry, I just want to say this. Again, I'm really pleased that you went to the doctor and had this checked out. I personally am doing the same type of thing. I think it's important that you have a doctor. I think it's important that you have a oh, relationship yeah. with your doctor. I've been going to uh, a physician. Her name is Dr. Ho, and I absolutely adore her. We uh, have been, I've been going to her for probably the last five years, and it has everything to do with the fact that my father passed away of a heart attack. And I remember when he passed away, I was 25 years old, and I said, you know, I'm not going to go out that way. And so as I got into my late 40s, I started to, you know, I was gaining some weight and everything, and I, I went and had a checkup, and this uh, doctor, it was a different doctor, says, uh, he asked me some questions, and he says, well, you got three strikes going on. And that was the last thing I wanted to hear, three strikes, oh, so that means yeah. I'm out. <laughs> and he what says, were the well, three strikes, man? He says that uh, uh, you have a family history of heart heart disease. He said you're black, and as a black person, this is something that uh, black culturally black people have uh, a a uh, higher instance of of heart disease. And then he said, and that excess belly fat around your waist isn't helping much. I almost cried right there. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty serious. So, you know, yeah. my, my blood pressure was elevated at that time. And I, and so through the years, I actually found a physician that I really have a connection with. And I think mm. that's really important because it is in these days, you know, they can prescribe all these medicines, but that doesn't mean you have to take that medicine. Uh, it, it's really up to you. This is all your health is up to you and you need to do the research and everything. And, and my particular doctor, I let her know, I don't want to be hooked on pharmaceuticals. I don't want to be on pharmaceuticals. Right. Right. So um, I feel the same way that you do it, for the exact same reasons, because you take one and it's like you've got 10,000 different side effects. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your blood's going to spurt out of your eyes and <laughs> you're going you're gonna to pee your pants and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to be on that. But I do think that having those conversations with your doctor and saying exactly how you feel. I think that when you find a doctor that says, hey, let's put you on something, you have a situation right now, but it doesn't mean you have to be on this forever. Let's try this out. Let's monitor this. Mm -hmm. Let's see if those numbers go down and let's work it out. And a lot of us at over 50 starting over deal with depression. Depression's a real thing and it's going it around. And these are things that we've talked about this quite a bit on the show, but depression can also 
linked to high blood pressure. So I think your doctor seems to be very wise. We're looking at yeah. both of these things, the high blood pressure and, the, and, the, uh, and, and a little bit of uh, depression here. It's a very normal thing. And then I think you said you had an appointment in about a month. So you're going to monitor this. You're doing your blood tests. That's important. But, I mean, it is not a comfortable thing to do, but it's the wise thing to do because you want to be around for a while. And, look, uh, I have a friend who just happened to – he's the same way, doesn't go to the doctor all the time. And he he was at church one day. And they said, oh, we're going to run these cancer tests, and they're for free, and uh, do you want to do it? And he says, oh, what the heck, I might as well. And he did it, and he found out that he had early-stage cancer. And if he had not have done that, uh, who knows, he may not be with us today. But they were able to catch it early, and they were able to do things about it, and he's still around and doing fine. And you know, he's got two kids and a wife, and of course, they depend on him. You're doing the right things, Barry, but I do think for everybody that's watching that's at our age, you know, we resist these types of things, mm-hmm. but it's really important that you just regularly get checked out and have a doctor that you believe in. And if you feel uncomfortable, find another one. There's a million of them out there. You know, if if all they do is decide is is give you prescription after prescription after prescription, that's a red flag. Look That's for sure. That. And and if you can't talk to your doctor and say, hey, I don't want to do this. What are the alternatives? Mm-hmm. And they and, and they resist that. I think that that's a red flag, too. And you should be looking to get a second opinion on that. What, what do you uh, think about all that, Barry? Uh, I think that's really good advice. And I just want to say, um, get your blood work done. It tells you nearly everything. Okay. So if you got some spikes in those red blood cells or something, that's going to, I probably just said that wrong. White blood cells. I don't know. But that, that is a key indicator of a cancer starting. Uh, just like what you said, my aunt, uh, my aunt on my father's side about, about six months ago went to get, a. Uh, heart screening, like UH, University Hospitals does like this free heart screening thing, which Mm. I need to do. Uh, My buddy Dan did it. Anyway, she went to it and it called something to their attention. And she found out that she had early stage lung cancer. She's never smoked, never smoked. Wow. And and had uh, surgery. But again, thank God she went and had, she got, they told her, that most people would not come to the hospital until they were already in stage four. Oh, but you happen to be taking care of yourself and you know, we flagged it. So, and my blood, uh, results, everything like I, I haven't been there in two years, but my prior blood results were always like really stellar, you know, and everything. And, And they were again, thank God I was worried about except my triglycerides. And I looked at, I mean, it doubled. Uh, that number doubled. It's way beyond what they say is normal or recommended. And I looked it up and that has everything to do with my blood pressure. So it it tells you that story too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, I, um, I got some work to do on this. And like, uh, like you said, I have an appointment in a month to do the follow-up, uh, see where we're at, how things are going. Unless he looks at those results that just came in today and gives me a call and says, whoa, you better get in here. You know, that could happen. I don't know. 
Well, it, it, here's something else to bring up. And and by the way, I feel like you're going to be okay, Barry. I, I, I just feel that in my heart. Uh, I know you're going to be okay. But here's something to, to think about is that uh, a lot of people, rather than going to the doctor, decide to be their own physician and they go to Google and and they'll put in oh. whatever the ailment is that they're feeling. And I just want to warn people that if you want to get really freaked out and think <laughs> you're going to die immediately, then go to Google and look oh. up whatever the ailments are because I, that will scare the daylights out of you. I got to tell you, that's exactly what we were doing driving around in Florida and we ha- we were having the best time. We, you know... Got along so great the entire time, except when I was talking about how I was feeling and, and Lisa, you know, I'm driving, Lisa starts Googling everything that could be wrong with me. And I, three times I'm like, please stop doing that. Don't do the Dr. Google thing with me, please. (laughs) Dr. Google. (laughs) I got three days until I'm going to see the doctor and I'd rather, and, and for the first time ever on the third plea, uh, she did. She's like, all right, all right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And thank God. You know what? And our, uh, the beautiful ladies in our lives mean the best for us. You know, that's kind of their job. That's their inclination is they want safety. They want their nurturers. They want family safety. So they are afraid and they want to, and they want to head off the worst case scenario. So that's naturally what happens. But your advice up front is dead on. It's let the doctors do that. You're going to scare yourself into something. It's terrifying. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many, it's, it's like the news really. They're not there exactly to like uh, make that. you feel real good. They're there to scare you because for some reason that attracts us. If we, oh my gosh, I have this. Well, then we're going to click on some more stuff and we're going to be all yeah. into their advertising campaign for the pharmaceuticals that they're advertising as well. And Got it right. I'm telling you, we've gone down that path before too. And I just go back to Dr. Ho and ask her and, yep. and she's fantastic. So I, I, I feel really blessed to have a, a physician that I trust. You know, last year, um, back in uh, December of 2018, I started having these chest pains and, you know, I, I really monitor my, my blood pressure and everything. And I just started going back to a gym at this, at this particular time. And, and, uh, the, I, you know, you get chest pains, that's some pretty serious stuff. Yeah, it is. And so I went to the emergency room and went through a whole day of some really scary stuff. And I ended up taking a stress test and they did some kind of an MRI on my heart and everything. And it it turned out that, uh, man, I passed that stress test with flying colors. In fact, while I was doing the stress test, they were actually cheering me on. It was so encouraging (laughs) actually. And, uh, it turned out that the thing that happened was that I was doing an exercise wrong in the gym and I'd been putting all this pressure on my sternum and that's all it was i just had to change how i had to do my exercise now after spending about five thousand dollars on the emergency room i found out that i was doing an exercise at the gym wrong it was totally worth it to find that out though so sure you didn't get your chest chest cracked open there hey merle while i was having a great time in sunny florida wearing a lot of sunscreen mind you and i'm serious my mother 
got skin cancer some years ago, oh, had wow. a cutout. And ever since she's got to watch being out in the sun and we've always been big outdoor people. So I, I just want to stress that. Um, I do, I wear uh, sunscreen the entire time I'm there because the sun is so direct. Um, so anyways, but you had family in town. I did. Uh, tell I us did. about that. Well, it was a it special was- time. It was a special time. So first off, I want to say happy birthday to my beautiful mother. She is turning 80 on March 6th. And coincidentally, my son Brandon's birthday is on March 6th as well. So we we planned that out pretty well. Uh, So happy birthday to Brandon as well. But I want to focus on my mother here because we surprised her. And uh, it was this elaborate surprise where, you know, we flew her and her husband Larry out here and uh, we had tricked her into thinking that she was coming out to surprise my brother for his birthday, which, by the way, happy birthday to Scott. He was born on February 29th, leap year. So uh, we had a leap year this year. So it was a perfect way to fool my mom uh, because my brother turned 13 He's actually 52. <laughs> now it's every four years. So he's a 13 year old here. So, sure. so she came out and was all prepared to, Ooh, we're going to surprise Scott and everything. And we brought her into the house and Anne Marie had this house all decorated with pictures of my mother everywhere and flowers everywhere. And that's where we told her, mom, this is really all about you. And the expression on her face was priceless when she uh, yeah. she was overwhelmed with joy and no one's ever done anything. Let's like see that some pics. Well. Let's see some. Well, let picks. me let me just say this, uh, just regarding the the uh, over fifty starting over thing. My mother is eighty years old. Her will still be eighty on Friday. Her and her husband Larry have a mattress business and that they had started a few years ago. I mean, they just started a new business, and they drive these the trucks full of uh, mattresses and deliver them all. They live in Georgia. They deliver them into Alabama, into Mississippi, into South Carolina. They're very active, and my mom drives this big old truck. I mean, that is the coolest thing. So, so let me let me share uh, some pictures here of uh, of my. Mom, let's see if I'm sharing the screen right. Uh, can you Here see this? Go. Okay, yes. so Love so this place. is the big celebration that we had at this beautiful restaurant. And, hey, Brandon. Uh, it, it was a it was a big old uh, celebration. This is my mom at the end, and a Brandon sitting next to me. Yep. My my wife Anne Marie and my beautiful daughter Hallie and Hallie, this is Scott and his lovely wife Karen and and of course this is my stepfather Larry and we had the best time. I want to show you uh, another picture here of my mom. Oh, uh, she's mean, beautiful. You take a look at this picture here. Uh, wait, can I blow this up? Yeah. Yeah, you Just did. Look at that pic. Okay, this is not a picture of an eighty-year-old right here. Correct. I mean, come on. And I have her jeans inside of me. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm pretty happy. And look how beautiful she is. She, she is just is. really lovely. 
um, I wanted to show two more pictures. This is another one of, of my mother and I. And uh, just, you know, it, it's hard to believe that I came out a little old her. Look at that. I mean, right. she's, she's uh, but oh my gosh, this was outside of the place where we had had our meal. And I'm just so proud to be her son. And the last picture I wanted to show is this picture. Now, this is in our house. If you notice in the background, Anne Marie, she's a great photographer. In fact, she took all of these pictures. She uh, had put all of these pictures up of my mother. Here's one of her where she was a young woman, uh, just absolutely beautiful. Here's one of her holding me and Scott. But what I really wanted to point out is this thing right here, 80 things we love about you. The family, all the family collaborated on this. We all had to come up with about 14 different things that we love about mom. And uh, Anne-Marie, myself, Scott and Karen, Hallie and Brandon, all of us put together very personal things that, that we love about mom. And Hallie actually um, went and coordinated this into a template that she had. I believe it was in PowerPoint. And so mm -hmm. she put all of these different items into, into this. And then um, we, we went around the table with this and we read our personal things that we love, love about mom. And this was one of the most wonderful presents. Uh, my mom was just overwhelmed with joy hearing this, especially it coming out of each of our mouths. You know, when my wife came up with the idea, when she first came up with that idea, I thought, oh, my gosh, we are coming up with 80 things here. But it turned out that, you know, when you put us all together, we, we had to consolidate. We had to actually leave mm. a lot of things on the on the cutting room uh, floor uh, because there's so many. It was it was really easy to do. So I just want to say this, that, you know, being our age now. You know, we're having parents that are coming up with milestones. Sure. This is a fantastic idea. Uh, Anne-Marie had this framed. We're shipping it off to her. This is a fantastic idea to just honor your parents. And by the way, it says in the in the Bible to honor your parents. And the, the result is it's going to go well for you and you're going to have long life yourself. So mm. I'm just so happy that we were able to uh, do this for my mom and uh, happy birthday to mom. Oh, that's, that was beautiful. I really liked that. And yet, oh, that first picture, the whole family picture is gorgeous, gorgeous picture. Uh, you have a beautiful family. I am so blessed. I, I and you, you know, you really we, are. we spent the whole time, all of us together and it was just, you know how sometimes you get with family, not my family, but other families, sure. and after a day, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go home. Sure. But, uh, boy, it was just magical the whole time, and we took them to the airport on Tuesday, and I had a lump in my throat the whole way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying not to get a lump in my throat right now. Sure. I just love my mom so much, and I'm just so happy that uh, that I'm her son. Oh, that's, that's beautiful, man. And, and she is too. And I uh, just really glad that you shared all that. It's nice to share some of our personal, some of the more, the nice things about our personal lives. So let's segue right into the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to ask you about that. Um, I, I just want to say that I, thankful that you had this high quality family time same time i did as well we were down yeah, there to see something. 
Lisa's mom we do every year and it's just it's heartwarming time and it's and it makes your heart full you know it really does and, okay but we are we're going to do a, a left turn here hard left and i wanted to, boy the coronavirus if you just look around uh at any headlines you'll see different different takes on it but there's some scary things going on there have you been following there's it's been shutting down uh travel for sure we were taught lisa and i were had a goal to get back to italy this year uh sicily this time and uh, that's not gonna happen i mean yeah i don't blame you yeah that's uh italy is highly affected right now but i mean things like they're postponing hollywood's postponing movie openings google right. Google has their largest uh, event of the year called I.O., Google I.O. They uh, canceled it as a result as well. So uh, being in California where, is, if I recall correctly, L.A. just finally recently within the last week had their first reportings. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I believe it was in the last week. Actually, uh, just yesterday, Governor Newsom declared a state of emergency in the in the state of California. And we've got about 50 cases of coronavirus here throughout the state. And we just had the first death of coronavirus just within the last week. It was on Tuesday. So uh, many of the counties uh, around us, even L.A. County, Orange County, uh, up in San Francisco, the city of San Francisco had declared a state of emergency ahead of all of those things. So. And when we look at the fact that they're declaring a state of emergency, that can inspire panic. However, mm. one of the things that they are saying is that they declaring a state of emergency really enables them to mobilize before something more serious happens and that mm. they can have themselves ready just in case. I really believe, first off, the, the person who died <clears throat> was uh, elderly and already had chronic conditions. And really, those are the people that are most at risk to coronavirus. For the, mm -hmm. for the most part, the, the mortality rate on this is something like under 2%. So for the most part, the people that have been infected with coronavirus, especially if they're relatively healthy, have been able to endure this and get through this. It's much like getting the flu. What I had heard is that this is a, I heard a nurse talking about this recently, and they were saying that it is a, it's passed by droplets. And so uh, while it's airborne, um, it's really droplets that cause this. So it's not that you can get it and somebody's like 50 feet away from you. It actually, you actually oh. have to be able to ingest somehow their uh, actual droplets that come from them. So for instance, if somebody sneezes, uh, that's something that you don't want to happen. You don't want them sure. to uh, sneeze. And, and you can, it's your eyes actually that, uh, you can really get this through. So wearing sunglasses is a big deal or wearing mm. some kind of glasses. We, we've seen a lot of people around here in California that are wearing the masks now. Sure. And then mm. we also heard, well, that, that doesn't work. So I don't know. I'm not personally going around with a mask, but no. you know, I, I've heard really that um, it, it, common sense is really the big deal here. Washing it's, your hands. Washing your hands. I hear that the coronavirus can easily be, if you got it on your hands, it can be easily washed out with an, an antibacterial. It, it does mm -hmm. not survive under cold water, by the mm -hmm. way. 
And uh, but however, it can last on metals in particular for up to a day. So it can the virus. What do you mean live. by that? Well, what mm. I mean is that if somebody were to sneeze in their hand and then touch a banister, that oh. you could then, as you're like going down the stairs and you're just sliding down, holding onto the banister, you could pick up the coronavirus that way. So mm. it, it, that's one of the things, you know, you don't have to touch everything. Mm. Be careful about what you're touching. If you're at the drugstore and you're picking up your medications, one of my habits is leaning on the counter with my hands. Don't do that. Another thing is just, you know, if, as you're out, being careful about touching your face, um, rubbing your eyes, um, you know, uh, you know, putting in and, you know, licking your fingers, things like that. Mm. You, you want to be careful about those things. Just wash your hands. Mm. So I also think that the media, much like Dr. Google, is really <laughs> into scaring the living daylights out of you. Yeah. And they really, you know, it's it's fear that sells. So mm -hmm. while I think it's important to take a lot of these precautions, um, you know, some of these uh, conferences that go on, um, you know, you want to be very careful, maybe not even go to these if you can if you can avoid these things. But the fact is, is that if you take a look at some of the other viruses that are out there, in particular the flu virus, I don't know if you knew this, Barry, but the flu virus here in in America kills about forty two thousand people a year. Holy! So no, you, I didn't know that. It, well, interestingly, uh, the coronavirus update. There's a headline that says that the death toll is up to thirty two hundred. The death toll and the infections are soaring in Italy, Iran, and South Korea. But you're telling me that the common flu kills 42,000 a year? In America. Oh, all of a sudden that death toll of 3,200 worldwide for the coronavirus is like, well, it's like the common cold, I guess. Well, you put you have to put it into into perspective. And and one of the things that I was I was talking to someone in the healthcare business about this recently, and they were saying, yes, while that's true, uh, we do have um, antiviruses for the flu. We have the flu shot, and so we, we these are things that we're prepared for. When it comes to the coronavirus, we don't have anything like that yet. And yet is a big word right there because yeah, I believe is. we're going to have that we very will. soon. Mm -hmm. So really, that's what the real concern is, is this thing gets out of control and we don't have any type of a, uh, of a uh, vaccination for it. And then it becomes this gigantic thing. You know, back in World War One, there was a, a, fl a flu pandemic that killed something like, I mean, it killed millions of people back then. So, I mean, these things can become, you know, out of control very, very quickly. And, and it is something to, to take seriously. I but guess that's balance. Yeah. Okay. So the balance on that is I, geez, you, you open up my eyes when you said 42,000 people die of the flu and every year. You know, every year in the United States. And I mean, geez. So you're right. I I'm reading a headline about the coronavirus reaches 3,200 deaths worldwide. And it sounds horrible, absolutely panic stricken until you put it in perspective. So it's balanced. Let's you know, wash your hands, take your precautions, but let's not get too crazy about it. There, yeah, probably a vaccine right around the corner. And if you see somebody that's uh, um, 
you know, not looking well, you probably don't want to go and hug that person. And, and maybe you want to, instead of shaking hands for now, you might want to just even, even the fist bump is better than shaking hands at this time, sure. or maybe even the elbow bump. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. These, they, these are common sense things and that oh. you can, you can avoid getting something like that. And again, if you do get it, it doesn't mean you're going to die. Uh, right. So it just keep all these things into perspective. Perspective right. is everything on this. And remember, Barry, we've gone through the the flesh eating virus, the flu virus, the, the the flu virus we already talked about, but mm-hmm. the bird flu. Uh, what was it? West Nile's disease, where sure. a mosquito will get you. Don't go outside. A mosquito is going to give you West virus disease. Sure, uh, West Nile's disease. So uh, you know they scare the heck out of you about these things, and then they just go away. Right. So, a final word on the taking things out of perspective, the masks, okay, the um, like surgical masks. Right. Well, we're at the airport, and I had already read about that. First of all, generally speaking, if you don't have the virus, the mask isn't going to do you much good. If you have the virus, please, for love of God, wear the mask. <laughs> but if you don't, it's not going to do you a lot. And you need the right kind of mask, okay? You need the surgical kind of mask. And even setting it, da- setting it down, it will gain bacteria that will fall on it. So then there's that. So it's much, and, and at, uh, at the airport on the plane, the couple wearing the home Depot dust masks for doing drywall work, that's not going to work. All right. Mm-hmm. I laughed my ass off when I saw that. I mean, a, a Home Depot dust mask is uh, pretty cheap and it has one purpose, and that's to get big pieces of dust out of, uh, away from your lungs. That is not going to work. Good advice. Okay. So, oh, wait. We- I wanted to just say one more thing about coronavirus. So, you know, we had Super Tuesday the other day, and of course, California is a part of Super Tuesday. And we uh, went to the voting booth. Uh, and th- it, it, it was amazing, Barry. I've, I've been voting here for the last, however long I've been here, 14 years. I've never seen a line for, and this was a primary. I mean, I've never seen a line like this for any of the elections. It was out the door. Uh, wow. There were all these people there, and now they've implemented these new machines there that are electronic. So it's like you get into the boat voting booth, and it used to be that you have this stylus, and you 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 slide your 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 ballot in there, and you you're you're poking a hole in each one of mm. these, you know, with the, the chat and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, now it's not like that. It's a it's like a big iPhone now, and you ha- it's a touch screen. So I was like, first off, with this whole Corona thing going around, I don't want to be touching some kind of touch screen that who knows who's been touching that thing. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to wear, I mean, I'm not paranoid normally, but I thought I'm going to wear these gloves. So I put these gloves on and I, and I was in that, I was the only one wearing gloves in there too. And which I thought was odd with Uh all of this going on. And so I finally, I finally get up there and uh, I go, okay, you know, like I'm smart and everything. Well, it does doesn't work if you have your gloves on. So right, I, had to, right, right. I had to take my glove off and touch that thing. And I'm like, oh God, you know, I'm touch- okay. So first off, it was kind of cool. The the whole touch screen yeah. uh, thing Agreed. was, it was kind of neat and everything. And it made it very easy and, and, and all. But, um, the other thing I noticed though, was that about, they had about 25 machines in this room. 
half of them didn't work. They had, they, they were broken. And really? so, yeah. And I thought, what the heck? And it reminded me of the whole Iowa caucus. I was thinking doing this thing. whole thing with, with uh, electronics and all. And so today there was a, there was a proposition 13 that's on there, which I was very concerned about. Prop 13 is a, uh, a school levy worth $15 billion. And so it, it, and the way that they'll assess this is through property tax. So um, and they do it through bonds and with interest that comes out to $27 billion. It's the, the biggest school tax levy that California's ever had. And so this would impact everyone's rent, uh, not just property owners, but uh, store owners, business owners, which uh, is very significant, could cause people to have to foreclose on their houses, everything. This wow. was huge. And so uh, as of yesterday, and I haven't looked at it yet today, uh, no was at 52% and the yeses were at like 46%, 48%, something like that. I'm sorry, 42% to 56%. I don't know what happened to the other percentages. But they were saying that we still have millions of ballots to count and this still could win. And I thought, wait a second. This is all electronic. How is it that we still don't know? I mean, it's Thursday. How is it that we still don't know who won this whole thing? So that was really weird. Uh, uh, yeah, I just don't trust any of that. I, I, you do know, I. how how do you not? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know, but I'm sure that there's a lot of different levels of security to protect against being hacked and manipulation. But somebody's always going to find a way. I mean, even with the old chads, of course, people are uh, always going to find a way. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. It, it, it the whole thing does not inspire confidence whatsoever. Sure, it just is. Uh, but you know, very strange. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but as we are talking about it right now, what is the best way? You know, the old traditional ways are easily manipulated. You know, Ch Chad stolen. How did that thing in Florida? What happened there? You remember? Way yeah, back? right, I, right. With Gore uh, Bush, right. But electronically, you know, boy, that stuff can be hacked and your own government can be the one to manipulate those things. Well, that's the thing. Even in the last presidential election, we had that problem in, in, in uh, Florida mm -hmm. with the governor, and that um, was in Broward County, and I think that was Broward County the last time, too, with Gore and Bush, and the person in charge of the whole thing down there was seemed mm -hmm. very fishy, and mm -hmm. uh, the... the it, the whole thing just seems uh, very easy to manipulate, as you as you say. I think that oversight and is is important on these types of things, but yeah. uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm 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 so glad that we still have the opportunity to vote, and mm -hmm. you know, I I don't. I think that uh, the media has done a real number on America, especially over yes. the last few years, uh, inspiring. Uh, suspicion about the accuracy of our election. So every time we have a vote, you start to think, well, is somebody behind the scenes controlling this? And, you know, mm -hmm. I, and you look at here with that Proposition 13, the governor was all in on Prop 13 and, and the school union was all in, of course, on it. And the, the it, 
it seems like them saying that, wait a second, it's not over yet, and these are all the people that were all for it, 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 it doesn't inspire confidence when you hear that kind of thing. You know, and this goes right along with it. I made a note of this earlier that I saw a headline, and actually Tulsi Gabbard talked about this when she was on Joe Rogan's podcast there. I told you about about a month ago. And she talked about how she filed a suit against Google because after the Democratic, uh, not primary, not debate uh, back then that she was on, they blocked her searches right oh, after boy. that for several hours. Mm. And yeah, I so, remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, well, they just came up with a verdict and Google won the suit based on the freedom of speech. Think about the implications of this in both ways. Now, I can see, I didn't read the whole Google won because of they are not a political entity. So they are entitled to, uh, they were protected under the free speech amendment. Think Mm -hmm. about that, dude. Uh, So think about all of social media, the impact that they have today. And we've been seeing this, you know, Obama was the first to, put that in the forefront where he was the first to um, utilize social media and it helped him tremendously. And look at Trump with Twitter and and, uh, look what's happening with Tulsi Gabbard. There is, we've got to figure out something, some kind of new rules. And I don't know what that is, man. I I don't. You make a lot of sense, though, when you talk about this and when I think about the uh, the verdict that really when it comes to freedom of speech, these things are applying to the government and government entities and that that it doesn't actually apply to private entities. So, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, I, you could come into my house and I could tell you not to talk about the news and the police aren't going to show up at my sure. house and say, or I could be running a business and I can say, hey, um, I don't want to have talking about uh, this particular candidate or that particular candidate, and I'm not going to get in trouble for that either. So Mm. it's an interesting line that's divided. Remember, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are all about what the government, the federal government, for that matter, cannot do. It's not about what the government can do. And that's what protects our freedom. So mm-hmm. when we, and it's a slippery slope as well, it so is. that when we decide, Hey, we can start to uh, control what a business can say and what they can't say that starts to think about the implications of that. There's two sides of the coin on this whole thing. And I don't it's know uh, what the, what the real answer is on that. I don't either. That's a hell of a subject that we need to keep open, keep our minds I, open to and talk about more. I believe that too. And and speaking of that, I, I just wanted to look at uh, back to Super Tuesday again and, mm. and really what's happened since Super Tuesday, Barry. It has a boy, what a difference a week makes, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been, I mean, just last week I was thinking, oh my gosh, what is the demo? We, when we saw that debate, I was like, this thing is a complete shambles and a mess. And how confusing. Yeah. And, and who's going to, who, how is this ever going to get resolved? And then a week later, the race really boils down to two people, Joe Biden right. and Bernie Sanders. Right. How, I got to just back up for one second and say that we talked about that debate in our last podcast because it's right on the heels of it. And I, 
I, I got to tell you, watching that debate, I thought it was, it looked like it was written as an SNL skit. And SNL, I went on YouTube. I'm looking for those skits. I can't watch that show. But um, they really did nothing with that at all. All lost opportunities. That's, huh. They're primarily all surprised by liberals. that. They're huh. primarily all liberals. Like how how much fun are they going to poke at them? But well, I, it was like each one of them was a skit just right there. I was watching it unfold. Like <laughs> can't wait to see what they do here. How easy would it have been to, uh, especially angry Joe Biden, and and then going after Elizabeth Warren, going after uh, going after uh, uh, Bloomberg, and yeah, and Klobuchar. I mean, she have was, you ever noticed that uh, when she speaks, her her head shakes a lot? I just you know? noticed all the hand moves movements that she was rehearsed clearly she rehearsed them she i don't know she and and also the the battle between her and buddha judge and and what uh -huh. are you calling me stupid i mean that would have they that's all fodder for saturday night live and they didn't do anything with that that's they crazy. didn't they didn't but let's wow. talk about where they went with that because i find this fascinating and did you see today's headlines that yes. warren just dropped out i was really shocked. surprised by that who were you more shocked by her or bloomberg I, uh, you know what that's two, it's a tie. Two, two nights ago two nights ago he's in an interview saying we're in it to win it and you know with his uh, particularly dry delivery. And the next day he drops out, I, you know, and Warren, her, her camp was saying the same thing. We're in it to win it. We're in it for the, and I, we really believe we can win this thing. But, uh, so what, what's your thoughts around how, I mean, Buddha judge Klobuchar, um, Those are and, easy, and Warren and, and, and Bloomberg all within a week drop out of the whole thing. Man, I my mind is all over the place on this, and I gotta tell you, it sounds it's it it just equals deep state stuff at this point with the amount of ridiculousness. Globachar, of course, okay, uh, she came out of the gates in the one of the early things strong, and then she went downhill from there. Buttigieg was gaining some decent momentum and plateaued. Uh, I could see I can see them saying to him. Look, you're 37 years old. You got your name out there. People know who you are now, but you're never going to have a chance to win. But you do for the next election, especially if you want to be a VP candidate. So get behind um, Biden, you know, right now. I think it went something like that. Right yeah. now, these people are wondering if they could get on someone, one of their tickets, you know. And who the hell is going to get on uh, Bernie's ticket? That's what well, I Well, that's an, uh, you know, I watched Elizabeth Warren today give her speech as she came out of her house and talked about what, you know, her dropping out of the election. And then, then they asked her who she would endorse. And she said that she would, she had to think about that. Amazingly, oh. just before that happened, Joe Biden sent out a tweet just praising Elizabeth Warren, and it made me think, "Oh my gosh, she's gonna she's gonna hook up with Joe Biden." But then when she said she still had to think about it, it made me think, "Okay, this is a smart woman. If I'm her, I'm gonna say the same thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my cards right here, and I'm gonna look for the best deal." And yeah. I and I really believe that all of these people are jockeying for positions in a in a potential future cabinet or maybe sure. a vice president, but. Um, 
it seemed to me that Elizabeth Warren's platform lined up more with Bernie Sanders than with Joe Biden. They were mm. both uh, out there for, you know, uh, free education, uh, free college education. And they were both talking about the rich and how unfair it is uh, that the rich have so much money. And she was out there with her two cent wealth tax and uh mm. Um, it, it just seemed like that matched up with what Bernie Sanders was saying. And I could easily see a, a, a Sanders Warren ticket out there. Mm. But with her saying that she had to think about it, I could see both Biden and Sanders uh, possibly trying to uh, uh, jockey for which side she ends up on. Because, you know, along with Warren comes the support that Warren had and both candidates need as much as they can get. Look at Joe Biden. He picked up not only uh, Buttigieg and Klobuchar, but also Beto O'Rourke uh, comes out of the woodwork. And uh, he, and, and think about that. Uh, Biden wins Texas in Super Tuesday, and that's where Beto O'Rourke is from. Mm -hmm. And he was the guy that was saying, hell yes, I'm going to take your guns. And mm -hmm. uh, Biden's over there saying, well, we're going to, we're going to leave the gun part to Beto O'Rourke, which is kind of scary, but um, yeah. very interesting what's going on. And I got to agree with you, Barry, that this really does seem like the establishment is all in and that they probably oh, yeah. had these conversations with uh, many of the people that dropped out. And look at, look at even Bloomberg is backing Biden. That's the biggest shock to me. I just... I just wonder how this goes down. It's just like we talked about before when the mainstream media, which is all left, uh, owned by five different companies every day, they can pivot in unison in, in midday, you know, from one half right? of the day to the next and, and all start saying thing. exactly. And so there's such a behind the scenes organization there that, we don't know what it's called. We don't know how to refer to a deep state, which sounds ridiculous. But something's going on when you can get somebody like Bloomberg, who's self-financing his whole his whole campaign, and 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 co commenting to the media that that night before that he's in it to win it and all the other tough talk, and he drops out. What on earth went down? Now you know. You know the Democratic Party is completely panicked that Bernie Sanders has gained so much momentum. Right. So they're trying to get everybody behind Biden to, you know, it's like Hillary versus uh, versus, versus Bernie uh, in 2016. They rigged the election because they're afraid of that. I think you're making a great point on this. Um, here's, here's the big danger that I think that both Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden have as, as I think about this, because if you look at the 2016 election, I really believe that what happened with Bernie Sanders meant, sure, Hillary gets the nomination, but it also met her demise in the 2016 election because the Bernie bros didn't come out and, and, and vote for Hillary. Mm -hmm. And so these guys, Joe Biden has to be careful not to alienate the Bernie people and, and Bernie's got to be careful not to alienate the, the Joe Biden people. And I think that Joe Biden has more to lose than Bernie does on this whole thing because 
if somehow he alienates the the Bernie camp, uh, then that just ensures that he's not going to win the election with against uh, Donald Trump. So I think the strategy going forward is going to be very tricky for especially Joe Biden on this whole thing. And then you got to look at some of the things that are about to come out regarding Joe Biden. Just last week, the Ukraine came out and said they're going to do their own investigation on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Mm. And so there's an investigation that's actually happening overseas. And of course, this is what started the whole impeachment trial. And then you've got the Durham uh, investigation that's happening under uh, A.G. Barr, and that is supposed to be unveiled sometime in May. May is when the convention is for the Democrats. Mm. So there's a lot of that going on. And um, you also have to look at uh, some of the gaffes that Joe Biden has been making, which have been very uh, concerning. I I just saw one the other day where he was quoting the Constitution, uh, not the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. And he said, we know these truths to be self-evident that men and women, well, you know the thing. Oh, I saw. Oh, because they said, looking upon it deeper, he didn't want to say, God. kind of save him. He didn't want to say under God to that crowd. Well, he also so that's added how he, women into the whole thing, too, when we know that the the Declaration of Independence says men, and back then, men yeah. meant men and women. And right. so he, he changed it up, didn't want to say God, then just said, you know the rest. Well, this is the most important part about the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> and it's the foundation it of what America actually stands for. So but, it's it's interesting. But, the Democrats don't care about his gaffes. They think that that's kind of cute. And, you know, his personality is just kind of like the backyard barbecue guy anyway. So <laughs> they don't, they seriously don't. The right cares about that. And, you know, say it looks like he's slipping and so on. But I'm going to tell you this both of those guys, two white guys, two white heterosexual guys, you know that party. Yes. They, but they 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 need to arm wrestle for Elizabeth Warren or something because they you know that what what are they gonna do have another white guy uh, well, as a they're all about race and gender and all think about it though whoever wins the nomination is gonna go against another old white guy who is Donald Trump I mean Donald yeah. Trump was is at this point he's the oldest president that's ever been elected even older than uh, than Ronald Reagan so. Uh, it is very interesting all the talk. Now, my theory is this, is that each one of them are going to pick a female for their running mate. And I, yeah. I there's rumor that even Trump is going to uh, let Pence go. And I'm hearing Nikki Haley's name being spoken about. Lisa loves her as I a future presidential as a future I, presidential candidate. I think she would be a fantastic president. And when she was in the uh, in the uh, 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 where she was the uh, ambassador uh, over at uh, the um, the UN, boy, was she ever sharp. I think she was one of the sharpest people over there. And she's so well spoken. And I just really believe in her. Uh, it just, she's, she's just got so much poise and she's so smart about world politics, not just here in America, but she, she mm-hmm. knows the international scene very well. And mm-hmm. I could see her being a great vice president under, under, uh, Trump. 
Wow, I think that's int- very interesting. I had not heard that. Is that unprecedented that a president going for a second term would have a different VP? Uh, that's a great question, and it's not. Uh, let's see. If you take a look back in our own lifetime, uh, Nixon had uh, Spiro Agnew and then Gerald Ford. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, FDR actually had three vice presidents during his run, ending mm. at Truman, but he also had Nance at the beginning, and he had uh, another one in the middle of his presidency. Remember, he ran for he had four terms that he was the president. Uh, the first one to actually have two vice presidents was Thomas Jefferson. Uh, he had Burr as his first vice president and Clinton. Um, I don't know if there's any relationship, but mm. Clinton was his second vice president. Remember, Burr actually killed Al- Alexander Hamilton while he was the vice president of the United States in a duel. And wow. so uh, it's, a, it's just I don't a remember lot of this interesting part. things that uh, that we have. So no, it's not unprecedented, and we've seen this before throughout our history. And uh, I think that um, it might be a good move uh, for Trump, especially as we're looking at um, these these people that are bubbling up to the top of the Democratic Party that have spoken so much about diversity, and then here we mm. are back with you know the two old white guys that are that are running and i keep saying that all three of them are like get off my lawn (laughs) they are (laughs) so i'm sure that it would be a really good move for trump to uh pick up nikki haley but here's what i wonder i wonder how nikki haley feels about trump I, I I don't know. I mean, they seem to get along very well. I mean, he was the one that appointed her as ambassador to the UN. And as I've seen her very much advocating for his policies, I don't know if there's a personal relationship mm. there or not, but uh, they do seem to line up very, very well. Mm. All right. Um, I just always would find it difficult for a woman um, to actually do something so heavily in partnership with him. He's, boy, he's a really controversial figure with women, you know? Well, you know, I mean, look, uh, so many people have made uh, lots of different gaffes. And I mean, think about uh, even Bernie. You know, there's an op-ed that Bernie did when he was 30 years old where he's talking about the differences between men and women. You can look this up on the Internet. In fact, I would encourage everybody watching to do this because when you read it, he was about 30 years old when he wrote this. But when you read it, I can't even say what it says in there because it's so over-the-top disgusting And uh, I would just encourage you to read that. And I find it interesting that the press never reports on this whatsoever. What would I Google on that? Uh, I would say uh, Bernie's op-ed in the Vermont newspaper. Uh, If you pull that up, there'll be some type of a photocopy of it that you can read and it'll come right up. Guys, you know, I'll tell you one thing, uh, Google will make that, will bury those results more than if it were a Republican. That's for sure. I got to say, it wasn't too hard to find. Once I found out about it, I just put Bernie Sanders op-ed and uh, I think it was like maybe five down and there it was. So, Uh uh, but he wrote it uh, when he was 30 years old. So I believe it was 1972. It was the early seventies when he wrote this, it was in the, Mm. in a Vermont newspaper. 
So, mm-hmm. uh, so check it out. It's, uh, it's disturbing to say well, the least. I will when we get off of here, but I was hoping to kind of add a little something to that, but I can't find it that quickly. There's no way that you'll, you would want to read that on our show, especially oh. the very first lines. Uh, you can't even get past the first sentence. I'm telling you, it is absolutely over the top, almost pornographic. Okay. Well, I will say this. There's been such an infatuation with us going back decades now to destroy people and to apply today's highly sensitive morality and hypocritical morality to uh, a time literally uh, in the last half century. I agree with that. And it's ridiculous. You could take, you know, the 1920s and separate them out from 30 years, 25 years earlier, you had the Wild West, okay? You could get to the 50s and you got a whole different sensibility than from the late 60s and 70s. It's just 20 years. 20 years makes all the difference, changes the world. And you can't apply this morality, you know, to things of yesteryear, or especially when somebody's uh, like around college age or something like that. It's we're in a ridiculous time that we're doing that. We have this level of awareness today. We're doing this kind of childish nonsense. I totally agree with you. I I believe there's going to be a day where uh, all the people that have ever eaten meat in their lifetime are going to be ostracized. Oh, he was a, he was an animal killer. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) It's going to be just like that. But, uh, I also believe that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You can't just do that for one side of the political arena. If you're going to apply that type of thing, you have to apply it to everybody. And it seems to be in the media that they're very selective of who they go back 40 years on and who they don't go back 40 years. And that's why I bring up the op-ed by Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm going to get off here and check it out now. We're at a minute and four. But I want to tell you guys, please go to over50startingover.com and uh, like your particular media, whether you can get to our YouTube link from there or your favorite uh, podcast. And please uh, leave us a comment at mail mail at over50startingover.com and any parting words, Merle? Yeah, I just want to say this. With all of the scary things that we're seeing in the media and all of this doom and gloom, I say this. Take a look outside. Just like Louis Armstrong said, what a wonderful world we live in. And say hi to your neighbor. Just don't hug him. (laughs) Great words to part by. All right, buddy. I'll see you next week. All right, Barry.